Welcome to Take Heart, a podcast for special needs moms by special needs moms. Our goal is to give you hope, offer insight, and encouragement so you can flourish in your journey of raising a special needs child. Each week, we will explore a monthly theme we've chosen, share an inspiring story, a practical tip, and an encouraging blessing. Using our combined experience of over 30 years of parenting special needs children, our prayer is that you take heart have courage, and know you're not alone. We're so glad you joined us today. Today, our topic is faith when God doesn't make sense. And with me is Sarah and Amy, and we are going to be talking about what her reaction has been when faith doesn't make sense. So, Sarah, can you tell me just a little bit about what your reaction was when your faith doesn't make sense or you can't justify your faith, faith in God or what your picture of God is with your son's diagnosis? Sure. I never doubted that God was real. Um, I doubted, I started to doubt the kind of God that I always thought him to be. I was very angry and very confused, which is looking back, um, I probably needed to do a little bit more soul searching prior to the diagnosis, but there was nothing that forced me into that fundamental relationship with him up until that point. So for mine, it was more of a, it was anger, but I believe looking back as anger being the secondary emotion, mine was confusion and just disheartenment that I didn't fully understand the kind of God that he truly was. I was just taking it at face value as the way I was raised. How about you, Amy? Well, I was thinking about this, that for me, I'm such a good girl. And um, our special needs daughter is adopted. And for some silly, naive idea, I guess I thought, oh, I'm adopting and I'm doing what God wants me to do. And it's going to be okay, um, which is what I look back on that. That's very naive. But I think for me, I just kept thinking somehow I wasn't doing something right. And I, I don't want to say that I thought God was an angry God that was, you know, punishing me. I think I thought I needed to handle it better and do the right things. I didn't give myself space for fear or doubt. Or anger. I tried to overcome that by being good and trying harder and working hard, which is such a striving way to live and such a very tiring way to live. So I think it took me a long time to realize, even though I know God is loving, that we can see his love in the really hard moments and that it's not a quid pro quo, you know, like I did something wrong, so this happened to me. So that's kind of, kind of where I was with that, just trying it's like the situation when I felt like God called me to adopt, and then I did, and th- and then we had this diagnosis. So that didn't make sense in my head. Um, so that's kind of where I was with it, just trying to f- scurry and strive fast enough to 
make up for where I thought my loss was. Um, And I can really relate to that because, and I talk about this in my individual podcast, I have felt like because, I mean, just even this past weekend, Toby had his 55th surgery. It's like, Lord, how much do I have to prove my faithfulness before you are going to just give me a break? And that's where my faith struggles is that, you know, and and even in some ways I think about this every time he goes into surgery, is he going to come out? Am Mm -hmm. I going to lose him? And I face that fear. And then I have to think through just even with Toby, obviously because of all of his medical needs, I sort of expect like that he might be the one I would lose faster than my other kids. Right. But the reality is that, you know, anything bad can happen. I mean, something could happen to one of my other kids. And would I still have faith in the Lord? Would I still trust him that he knows what's best if it's so unexpected? Because there are times with Toby that I feel like I have to mentally prepare myself for something really bad to happen, like losing him. And yet, would I have that kind of faith because I'm not expecting it, you know, happening from one of my other kids. And so I guess, so this begs the next question for all of us and Sarah will go to you is, so what did you do? And what do you do when you have those doubts, questions, anger, or, you know, with, you know, when God doesn't make sense to us, when what he's working, what he's doing doesn't make sense. I always go to research. I'm a very analytical, uh, very black and white person, which is not always good, obviously. But, um, well, just for those who don't know, I'm a statistics and mathematics major. And so that is my comfort zone, that one plus one equals two, always. So for me, mine was a good God would solve this problem. But what I was not what I didn't understand in my naivety was that a good God has such a bigger realm of what a good definition is than what I can see in my black and white perspective. So now eight years into this diagnosis, I see the good that's come out of the diagnosis. Would I change it? I would love to say I wouldn't, but I would just for the sole purpose that he wouldn't have to suffer, but everything else I, my life is different than what I had planned, but isn't it always? So for me, I wanted to solve it. There was something that I could solve. There had to be some equation. So I got out every version of the Bible you can get. I went to theologists. I mean, I really put my nose into the book and like in my podcast, I'm not proud of it, but I was trying to prove that he was this form of a petulant toddler God, the one that was bored And so he just wanted to kind of mess things up a little bit and to see what was going on. And he was testing and trying all of us. So as I was going to prove that, my faith actually was firmed up. It was, you know, there was a foundation that was built that I didn't have before. So for that, I'm extremely grateful. I just, that forced me into it. Right. How about you, Amy? Well, I was thinking about what you said earlier Curie about Toby being in the hospital and would you have enough faith if something happened to your other kids and it just made me think that so much 
of what drives us in these situations is fear, fear of the unknown, fear of what we can handle. And fear always lies. Fear always lies. And so I think Sarah wanting to get the equation right or me trying to work harder to be a good girl is really just fear of the unknown and what we what are we going to be able to handle or what is it going to look like for us? You know, I don't have children with terminal diagnosis, but I have children that have severe behavioral issues that I don't know what their future is going to be. So one of the things I've learned about myself in all my years on the earth <laughs> is when I try to make a system and a plan and a game plan, that's the time I need to stop and be quiet. And I know that about myself because I will just spin harder. So the minute I get a notebook out and plan out how I'm going to tackle this, and I've not always do this well, I say to myself, Amy, this is the time you need to be quiet and step back and practice silence and just rest in God. It's not easy to do, but I know that the spinning doesn't ever get me anywhere productive, ever. Yeah, It just makes me more afraid, more scanning the horizon for the next big shoe that's going to drop. Um, and also learning, and I think this is a lifelong lesson to learn, that I am God's child too, not just my special needs child, and that I can rest in him, in his love, and be parented by him. Yeah. Which is sometimes, I think, hard when you're a mom and you're meeting all the, all the needs of everybody. Right. So those are the two things that I try to go back to is rest and silence and just resting in his love and reminding myself that I'm his child too. Yeah. I know, and I had to go back to, so I talk a little bit about um, Toby had a seizure that lasted for four to six hours when he was five, a week after he had brain surgery. And I literally just had this thought that God was just looking at something else and somehow this slipped past him. Mm-hmm. And because of fear, fear of the unknown, fear that he would not wake up and tell me he loved me again, um, it taught me one thing, it's just not to take for granted a day with Mm -hmm. him or any of my kids, but especially him, because you just don't know what that day is going to hold. And, you know, about 36 hours later, he woke up, but it just, I had to be reminded. And thankfully I had friends around me to remind me that God wasn't looking the other way. He knew this was going to happen and he is here in this moment. And I think something that one of you said earlier before we started this podcast was just that, you know, God is there. He's here with us, even if we can't feel it, even if we we don't think he's there. Um, his faithfulness doesn't depend on how I feel about him being faithful. And so I had to be reminded through going to scripture again and and recalling all the times before this incident that he had been faithful and that he would he would be with me. And so I know, Sarah, you talked a little bit about, you know, your faith is stronger and you wouldn't, um, you know, would you go back and change this diagnosis? So let's kind of talk about that a little bit because I have a little bit of a different perspective Um May, not perspective, but maybe opinion. And I think maybe our opinions are the same. But so you said that you wouldn't change it because, you know, of the suffering your son has to go through. Do you want to expand on that at all? Or um, how has your faith changed? What, what's what been a positive out of TJ's diagnosis? 
a positive out of his diagnosis, the first thing that comes to mind is that I've been able to dismiss a lot of perfection. Uh, a lot of that is just because I don't have time for perfection. <laughs> so um, I no longer, whenever I say perfection, I am talking even like the most mundane tasks of there's dirty dishes in the sink or I haven't, you know, I have dog hair all over the floor or anything. And I just, I've been given kind of the gift of really in the big scheme of things, that's not okay. And I do have to give it admit that, um, not proud of it, but there's times where I'm like, I have a child with a terminal diagnosis. I don't have to worry about mopping the floor. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yeah. it's almost like a get That's out of right. jail. <laughs> it's like a get out of jail free card. I'm like, I don't have to worry right. about this. So, um, you know, that's one of the positives. I also think that um, watching how my other son interacts with him, um, the empathy that was that has evolved for my other child that I, I know he wouldn't have had if he hadn't have watched this whole thing transpire over the past eight years. Um, I also think that there's a resilience for him and he sees the bigger picture where a lot of other almost 20 year olds probably don't, but he sees just how big and complex this world could be. So in those regards, like I say that I would change the diagnosis. So my son wasn't in pain, but then we wouldn't have had all of those. So yeah. I sat back and think, well, thank the good Lord I don't have that choice. So I'm yeah. almost I'm almost grateful that it is his choice and it is his work that is being done through my son. And I just need to sit back and watch and listen. And then I get to insert my zone of genius whenever I can. And then I get to back off whenever I need to, which is my zone of genius is very small. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Amy, how about you? Like how has your faith grown and would you would you change it? Well, the question I get asked a lot is would I adopt again? Because we right. have three three bio kids, three adopted kids, and two of my adoptive kids have attachment disorder issues and the first one we didn't know about. Like we had no idea that was going to be down the coming down the pike. So it depends on the day you ask me, <laughs> but here's what I have to say and not only is it, like Sarah said, it's good that God makes that decision, but aren't we glad we don't know? Yes, because if you right. would have told me when I was a 20-year-old bride what I would be walking in my last, you know, several years, I would have said, no way. I can't do that. That's too hard. So there are th my grief is that I don't know the future. Well, none of us do for our kids, but my grief is that some of the behaviors my children have will make their life hard. Um, right. But I will say that this journey has made me trust God more. It, and I agree with Sarah. It's made my other kids very resilient. Um, they have an empathy for kids they see out in the world that are losing it in the grocery store. And we have a way more sympathy for that. I have an empathy and I'm able to sit in hard places with other people because it, it's hard and it doesn't tie up in a nice little package at the end. And I'm, I'm hoping through this that I've been able to see and show others to illumine, um, illuminate the dark places and see where God is in the dark. And sometimes in Christianity, that's not, we don't like that. We want all the happy stuff, but I think there's such a richness in that. Yeah. That that is the way that my faith has grown the most is that 
it's not going to get better next week. And so I have to find God in this. And that's made it deeper and richer. It's harder. I, right. I, I every once in a while I would say, why can't we just be shallow? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Nothing wrong. It'd be so much easier. But yes. that's probably not the case. <laughs> yeah. So. And it's funny because I was even having this conversation with my daughter last night about something that she wants that she just wants it right now. And, mm-hmm. and we don't feel like it's a good time to give it to her. And I told her, I said, I want to give you this thing. I would love to give you everything you ask for. And I asked her, I said, how do you think that would make you act? And she said, selfish, bratty. And I said, yes, it would, it would cause you to just, you'll never be satisfied. You'll always want more. And it struck me how that's how God is with us. Like he wants to give good gifts to his children and he does, but he also knows that if we always have the good gifts, we are not going to run to him. We aren't. We're not going to be forced to trust him, to learn not to worry about tomorrow. Um, and I feel like that has been one benefit of our journey has just been that. And I will tell people this, and I think, Sarah, our answers are the same. I, I don't I don't want to see my child suffer, but I also don't know if I would change it because I would not know God in the intimate way that I know him as a loving father who is completely trustworthy. Right. Sorry, getting a little teary. <laughs> you know, who is? He is. He's completely trustworthy. And and the reality is he can see eternity. He can see the big picture. And I'm so grateful when he gives us those little glimpses of how he's working or how he provided months before a surgery happened or months after. And I think, you know, I think maybe one of these, one of these months, the three of us have to talk about all the little ways we've seen God work Mm -hmm. and God show up because when you can see just a little bit of the front of that tapestry, it's amazing and awe inspiring. So one of the things that I try to do, maybe that's because I'm a writer, but, I try to write little, like, in the midst of the hardest times with our daughter, I go back to the journals, and also I saw I saw that life was happening. Like, it may not have, something happened that was good with her, or I had to be able to go to get ice cream with one of my other kids. It feels like it's so overwhelming in the hard, but I have the habit of just jotting quickly, little things. And I'm so glad I have, because then I can look back and go, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that happened. Oh, yeah, that wonderful thing happened. And life life and love and hope are happening all the time. And I'm so glad that I, that I have sat down. And I don't always do it consistently, but, boy, that's been so helpful to me when I felt like, okay, where was God, um, to go back and look at that. Yeah, yeah, that's a great idea. And then, yes, well, I do a little gratitude. I try to write down three things every day in my, in my planner that is great. And yesterday... If anybody would look at it, it said coffee, second cup of coffee, and third <laughs> cup of coffee. That was it. That was my day. <laughs> but I really like the coffee. But, you know, when we were talking about changing those diagnoses, and if we would, there's part of us, I think, on some level that would say, of course we would, because our human brains just can't wrap ourselves, you know, wrap its mind around it. And there's part of us that does want it easier. But I often think, you know, isn't it a good, 
isn't it a great thing that God trusts us and our abilities more than what we trust ourselves? Because Mm -hmm. eight years ago, if God would have said, okay, Sarah, I've got this boy and, or, you know, like 16 years ago, whenever he was, uh, whenever I was having a baby, if he came down and said, okay, I have this boy, that's going to be this great athlete, you know, smart, whatever. And all of the great things, um, that I thought were great at that point, or I've got this boy that's going to suffer. He's going to physically suffer sometimes emotionally, you know, and this, this, and this, and happens. You're going to know the inside of a hospital more than a lot of people will know. (laughs) Um, which, which one do you want? You know, I don't, I don't think I would have chosen the hard road. Um, but in his wisdom, he knew that the hard road was really the better road for us. And so, that's why I, I always say, honestly, I probably, if I had the choice, I would change the diagnosis, but thank goodness I don't. And thank goodness I didn't yeah. have that choice 16 years ago whenever I, you know, he was born. I just, there's so much that we would miss out on. And I think that my faith would still be, well, I know my faith would still be at that superficial level. Um, and not that you have to have something this traumatic to have a full faith, but in my instance, I didn't realize how superficial my faith was until I was forced to really evaluate it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. So I think we are at the time in our podcast where we are going to pray a prayer of blessing over our audience. And so, Jesus, I do now the only thing I know to do. Here I drag my heavy heart again into this cleared and desolate space to see if you will meet me in my place of doubt. Even as you mercifully met your servant, Thomas, in his uncertainty, even as you once acted in compassionate response to a fearful father who desperately pleaded, I believe, Lord, help me in my unbelief. For where else but to you might I feel with my doubts? You alone have the words of eternal life. And that prayer comes from a book called Every Moment Holy, And it is a liturgy for doubts. So I just want to thank you this week for joining us on Take Heart, a podcast for special needs moms by special needs moms. We've been chatting about faith when God doesn't make sense and what to do with our doubts. So we would love for you to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Our prayer each week is for your heart to be encouraged and for you to know that you are not alone We understand what this journey is like, and we are grateful you are walking with us. You can follow us on Instagram at Take Heart Special Moms. And if you have any questions or comments, please follow the links in our show notes. We would love to hear from you. Thanks for listening.